What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. Hey, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. Today, we are going to be taking a look at the Warriors' last two games against the Dallas Mavericks and Minnesota Timberwolves. Get an injury update per Anthony Slater on the status of Draymond Green and James Wiseman, as well as take a deeper look into the recent improved play of Clay Thompson and how that has translated to Golden State Warriors having more success and taking care of business at home. So let's get right into it. Warriors took on the Dallas Mavericks on January 25th. Final score was Warriors 130, Mavericks 92, and this was just all Golden State for pretty much the second half and beyond. The Warriors really turned it on offensively, and Dallas, who had been actually one of the higher-ranked teams in defensive rating in the last 10 games or so, looked nothing like that. Um, The threes were dropping. The Warriors would finish 17 of 43, And the points were just up and down the roster. Curry had 18, Wiggins had 14, Thompson had 15, Otto Porter had 12, Jordan Poole had 17, Bielitsa 10, Kaminga with a game-high 22. So with seven players for the Warriors scoring in double figures, the Warriors really righted the ship in terms of the offensive woes that we had been seeing in the last 10 or 15 games. Steph Curry struggled from 3, 2 of 10, but didn't make a difference because they just got contributions from up and down the roster. Jonathan Kaminga continues to impress, hitting on 8 of 9 in his field goal attempts and 4 of 4 from the line. I'm sorry, 4 of 4 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line, 8 of 9 from the field. In 17 and a half minutes, he was plus 16 with 22 points and 5 rebounds and 1 turnover. So there isn't that much to talk about in this game because it was more about what the Warriors did than anything that Dallas did. But it was great to see Curry and Thompson, as well as the rest of the roster, really rolling. Um, One thing that's really notable here in this game was Klay Thompson's passing, and that was just a work of art. Um, Klay Thompson would end the game with a season-high six assists. And, you know, I think, I don't know what, changed between this game and last but we really saw a shift in mentality from clay in this game against dallas where you know i think through the first 10-ish games or so since his return from injury he'd really kind of been forcing the issue as far as his offense and taking shots and myself and many others i think nobody really had an issue with clay doing what he was doing i mean it's obviously a process he hasn't played professional nba basketball in an nba game in two and a half years and so part of that rest was to be expected with the minutes restriction he's trying to build up his endurance and stamina get back into the nba flow Um, and that's all totally fine and dandy but him hunting his shots was coming at the expense of the team taking away opportunities for Poole and wiggins who had both kind of been struggling when clay thompson was a starter 
And so this game kind of really unlocked the potential of what the Warriors could be because Klay Thompson was playing much more in the flow of the offense. He wasn't shooting every time he would catch it. In fact, the six assists were the second most for the team. Curry had seven and Bielitsa had four. So, you know, Klay Thompson was dropping dimes. There were so many passes behind the back that we just hadn't really seen from Klay in really his entire career with the Warriors. Um, you know, you talk about the last three or four years before he went down with injury, you had Kevin Durant on the team and the Warriors simply didn't need Clay to be a playmaker. They needed him to be a play finisher. And now that you have this new roster being constructed and this new team identity that's being sought after, you start we're starting to see the initial glimpses of really what the Warriors can be. And that is this free flowing read and react offense. Everyone's a threat. Everyone can pass, shoot, dribble. And you don't have guys that are just so one dimensional that the other team can really lock in and say, oh, player X, we know he's going to do X and we can then write up our schemes accordingly. And so Clay Thompson showing that ability to play within the offense and not just shoot the ball, but get his teammates open helps further along this team and, 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 and definitely puts them over the edge as far as what their potential could be. And so that was really encouraging. You know, of course there were some turnovers thrown in there as well. Um, that's to be expected. I think the team finished 14 turnovers with 31 assists. So uh, about two to one ratios, definitely not bad, but I uh, was really happy to see Clay Thompson uh, finally get his shot to fall. 3 of 5 from 3, 6 of 12 from the field in 25 and a half minutes. He was a plus 26, which would be only second behind Damian Lee, who was plus 29. And, you know, one thing that I'm going to mention here, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but the Warriors shot 15 of 18 from the free throw line. If you've been listening to this podcast, I've been harping on the Warriors all season long for not hitting their free throws. And so this is definitely a step in the right direction. 15 of 18, 83%. That's way more where I'd like to see them on a night and night out basis as far as team free throw shooting. Moving on to the next game, the Warriors played the Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday the 27th. 124 to 115 Warriors edge. This was a four point game at halftime. 61 57 Warriors trailed in what we saw really a stark difference from the last time the Warriors played Minnesota is that Cat Carl Anthony Towns really dominated in the paint. He had 23 points at half, and Looney ended up in foul trouble. He got four fouls about midway into the second quarter. Definitely some weird whistles in that game, as has been the case for most of the season with the Warriors. But nonetheless, the Warriors did what they've done most of the season, and that's really put teams away in the third. The Warriors would end up going 38 points in the third to the Wolves 20. And as we've kind of come to expect from this team coming out of halftime, they make the right adjustments and really turn on the thrusters as far as just putting teams away and not giving them any hope. And that's really what they did here. Cat had no inside presence in the second half. The Warriors threw double teams at him. Um, Anthony Edwards struggled mightily. Um, he still finished with 27 points in the game, 9 of 9 from the field. 
or from the free throw line, but only two of 11 from three. D'Angelo Russell would get a calf strain and would not return. He'd only play 20 minutes on the night. That obviously played a big role into the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Warriors' ability to double towns with really only having Edwards as the other uh, reliable threat on the floor. Malik Beasley, 2 of 11, 0 for 8 from 3. This was really a big blessing for the Warriors. Had Beasley had any type of game from outside uh, three-point line land, I think this might have gone a little bit differently, but instead it was 27 Edwards, 31 Towns, 14 McDaniels. And for the Warriors... It was 29 for Curry, 19 for Wiggins, 23 from Clay, 11 from Porter Jr., and 19 from Poole. So again, five players in double figures, 18 turnovers to 31 assists, 21 of 36 from three. That's 58%. Curry was 6 of 10. Wiggins was 5 of 8. Thompson was 5 of 9. Poole was 3 of 4. Otto Porter, 1 of 2. Damian Lee, 1 of 2. So... Again, we're seeing a lot of outside shooting, a lot of balanced scoring on offense, and efficient shooting, most importantly. And looking at Clay Thompson's numbers a little bit more closely, 9 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 turnover. So we have a little trend here. Clay Thompson, 6 assists last game against Dallas, and then here against Minnesota follows it up with 4 assists and continues the efficient shooting from the field and from three. So Minnesota really struggled defending the Warriors. The Warriors did an excellent job of attacking the rim and hitting threes and getting open looks and passing the ball and taking care of the ball. Uh, Minnesota is very long and athletic, and they're all about steals. They are... uh, They've got some guys who can really bottle up Curry. You had Jared Vanderbilt, who... Played an incredible game. He had three steals. Towns had two. Noel had three. They'd finish with 10 steals. So uh, the Wolves were all over the Warriors. The Warriors did their best to take care of the ball. This was much better than what we saw in Indiana and against Houston, where they just seemingly could not execute offense for the life of them. Uh, Entry passes into the post, passes side to side. We're just getting picked off. And, you know, we did see a lot of that here against Minnesota, but the Warriors... You know, for better or worse, they outshot the Wolves from three. So, like we said, 21 for 36 from three for the Warriors, whereas the Wolves were 10 of 44. So, I mean, that was the difference. 11 threes, 33 points, and the Warriors only won by nine. So, had the three ball not been falling for the Warriors, don't know how the game would have gone, but certainly glad that it was the case because we needed all of those points. And... It was another great game. It was a great example of the coaching staff putting players in the right position to be successful. The adjustments that were made at a halftime defensively to limit Towns' ability to attack in the paint and forcing Minnesota's hand in getting the ball to the guys that they wanted taking shots like Malik Beasley, who didn't hit a three. So, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves are no joke. They're a good team, a little beat up that night. And, you know, Warriors will take it, but it just kind of goes to show the growth and um, returns that we're starting to see in Clay Thompson's game and how that's affecting everyone else. This was really, you know, Minnesota and Dallas, the games against those two teams have really 
kind of unlock the next level of this offense where we're seeing productivity from the four of Curry, Thompson, Poole, and Wiggins. And so far, before these games, we weren't really seeing that. Um, and so this was really great. You know, Jordan Poole just continues to look so good. He's really flourishing in his role as a sixth man as of late. He's really starting to understand how he can take advantage of mismatches, get to the rim, his herky-jerky, his three-pointers. Um, and Poole was getting bounced around a lot. He wasn't getting foul calls, and he was getting hit to the floor. And it really just kind of empowered him. And you already start to see the effects of Steph Curry and Jordan Poole from a development standpoint, because Curry is very much the same. When Curry gets upset, you know, he doesn't take it out on the refs. He takes it out on the game and just goes bonkers. And that's really what we saw Poole do. I mean, Poole was hitting some ridiculous threes, some beautiful takes to the rim, five assists, two turnovers, just taking care of the ball and still running the offense. And I mean, this is what we talked about the Warriors having this type of potential when all the pieces came together and you're still missing Draymond Green. And so, you know, Bielitsa did a very nice job who also had six assists and we talk about against Dallas, uh, Bielitsa had four. So you're just starting to see really everything fall into place after, you know, two to three weeks of guys not hitting shots, which was affecting the defense and taking away confidence. And then, not even being able to execute simple passes. And you just saw a return to simplicity, make the easy play, take good shots, you know, go from good shot to great shot. If it's not there, kick it out, rerun, cut, screen, get to the hoop. I mean, the Warriors just had highlight after highlight real worthy plays in this game of just beautiful offense. And you're starting to see the glimpses of the Warriors that we all know and love, the the team that, you know, through the dynasty years just became so fun to watch because everything looked so easy. All the backdoor passes and layups and then open threes. It's not dribble, 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 get into trouble, turnover. You know, it's move without the ball, pass and cut, screen and cut, backdoor, kicks out kickouts to kickouts to relocations to more screens to backdoors and opposing defenses just have no chance when we're playing at that level at that caliber and guys are actually knocking down shots so you know i think we can officially say that the slump is over um you know curry 10 of 20 for the game from the field 6 of 10 from three he's finally looking like himself um i'm sure he feels good to have that behind him and, you know, I think we put the league on notice. So, you know, we got a tough matchup coming up against Brooklyn tomorrow, which is going to be Saturday the 29th. James Harden and Kyrie will both be playing. Kevin Durant is going to be out. Um, it's kind of interesting with Kyrie because technically, since he's not vaccinated with San Francisco protocols, I don't think he should be able to play. But somehow with the rules, he is eligible to play. I'm not really sure. Potentially dig into more of that and come up with an answer on the next episode trying to explain or justify how that's the case but regardless you know the Brooklyn Nets are going to be hungry after the way the Warriors spanked them last time in Brooklyn if you remember that was a game in where Stephen Curry was getting MVP chants from the Brooklyn fans and so you know Kyrie and Harden are going to come out hungry but with the way that this Warriors team is playing at this high level and the way that the offense is finally really clicking on all cylinders 
You've got Kavon Looney continuing to battle the boards. Otto Porter Jr. continues to make very timely contributions, both offensively and defensively. Bielitsa, you know, while still a little tentative from three, he's turned into quite the playmaker. And with Clay Thompson passing two, you really see that kind of unlock with Bielitsa um, being kind of the Draymond-esque role where there's entry passes in the low post and Bielitsa is more than capable of finding the open guy, whether it's on a backdoor cut or open three or what have you. And then the upside of Jonathan Kaminga, who continues to impress, you know, the game in Minnesota wasn't his most impressive by far, but still, you know, 2 of 5 from the field, 0 for 1 um, from 3, 0 of 2 from the free throw line, but just, you know, he continues to improve. He is a rookie. He's going to have ups and downs, but you just start to really see this team come together and show a lot of promise after struggling through a stretch of games through the end of the year and start into the new year we're really finally seeing the team move past that and get back to their winning ways start to put together consecutive wins and really go on a run here so really great things from the team um one little aside that i wanted to mention on clay thompson and his playmaking abilities it was reading an article um i believe it was anthony slater of the athletic who was mentioning that you know clay thompson played point guard in high school and you know while it hasn't been asked really asked of him within his tenure with the Warriors he is more than capable of being a passer and so this isn't some new development in his game it's just the reality of this roster build and the players around him and the ability that he has to apply himself and put all of that together and so that's really nice to see because again as I mentioned earlier when you know how to play a guy because you know what he's going to do, it makes you a lot more one-dimensional. And so with Clay Thompson, having the threat to pass or shoot or take it to the rim or cut or set a screen, it just adds so much more variance that the defense has to account for that just continues to add to this gaudy offense that just seems like no one's going to be able to stop us. And so when shots are falling... It's just that it didn't matter that the Warriors had 18 turnovers against Minnesota and that most of those turnovers led to uh, fast break dunks because the Warriors outshot them by 33 points from the three point line. And so, sure, you don't want it to come to that on a night in night out basis, but we saw that the team was resilient and able to do what we've all kind of known they've been able to do, which is hit outside shots that they weren't able to do for that stretch in January that was just so frustrating to watch that just seemed to bleed into everything else that they were trying to do on offense and defense and so Clay Thompson I think really unlocks all of this and we're starting to see that you know he played 27 minutes against Minnesota the number is slowly starting to climb up and I just can't wait to see him start playing 30 minutes regularly and what that's going to do for Curry for Wiggins for Poole, for Kaminga, for Peyton, just everybody on the roster is going to benefit from having that additional space, the threat of pass, shoot, dribble, attack, cut, screen, etc. So really great to see that from these guys. And it was really a nice little two-game stretch here from the Warriors that I'm hoping continues on into the last remaining game on this homestand against the Brooklyn Nets before the Warriors head to a little Texas road trip against the Rockets and the Spurs. Hey guys, so I just wanted to take a minute and remind you that we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. 
Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the player with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos, DFS, or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So, talked a little bit about the last few games, uh, Dallas and Minnesota. Talked a little bit about the improved play of Clay Thompson and how that has really had an impact on the rest of the team, including Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, all the pieces kind of coming together, and what that looks like for the rest of the team, which is... Warriors are championship bound. I think we're going to come out and start riding the banners again. Um, But just to take a quick little tangent from that, Andrew Wiggins named all-star starter. And this was huge. First time NBA all-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. And he finished third in voting. Um, Congratulations, Wiggins. Totally deserved. Really happy for this guy. He's just been an incredible piece for the Warriors this season. I think, you know, I had no doubts of Andrew Wiggins coming to the Warriors. I think that I gave a lot of props to Bob Myers and Joe Laka before continuing to try to make this team better and improve. Um, You know, just take a minute to go back to memory lane a little bit. There were a lot of people who were upset with Warriors ownership back in the we believe warriors days when they made the trade for trading monte ellis to bring back andrew bogut um this was the conundrum of can steph and monte play together because they're both undersized to play the two and there's only one ball a lot of people did not have faith in the warriors um they felt like they really shot themselves in the foot bring in andrew bogut unlocks the warriors full potential go on to this dynastic run Meanwhile, Monte Ellis bounces around to a few different teams, you know, has a semi-productive-ish season, you know, as a scorer, but ultimately falls out of the league. So, you know, I kind of approach this the same. Kevin Durant wants to walk. You bring back D'Angelo Russell to get an asset. The Russell experiment doesn't work, to say the least. Uh, Russell doesn't play defense. He just didn't really look good with the Warriors and didn't really fit what they were doing. Didn't really make sense as a six-man off the bench. Can't really play him next to Curry. Didn't even really get to see him play next to Curry since Curry missed most of that season with the hand injury. And so you move D'Lo to Minnesota to pair him up with his best bud, Cat and get this overrated wing Andrew Wiggins, former number one pick and a first-round draft pick. Um, I was all about it. Um, you know, sure. Didn't I, did I think Andrew Wiggins would become the player he is today? I can't sit here and say that, but I definitely had promise into what he could become simply because with the exit of Durant, you need elite wings and, you know, give Wiggins flack for his, um, holes in his game, but He came into a whole new system. The Warriors asked him to do something completely different than what he was asked to do in Minnesota, give him a few years to put it all together, and here we are. He's constantly improved his game year after year with the Warriors, improving his three-point stroke to 38% last year and up to 40-plus this year. Just 
an incredibly hard worker on the defensive end, rebounds, attacks the rim, passes to the willing passer to the open man, and he just looks happy and comfortable and having fun. Um, when asked post-game uh, from the Minnesota game how he felt about playing for the Warriors and being a part of this team and being named an all-star, you know, what he talked about is how much love he feels from the team, you know, that he really feels connected to these guys, it's his family, and he just knows that he has all the love and support of his teammates. And so, you know, that really shows in his play. And obviously he got recognition from the fans and the media who voted him in. And sure, you know, there are, as there is every year, many deserving players who should be named to the all-star team or all-star starter, whatever. It's always, someone's always snubbed. That's always going to happen. But let's not take away from what Andrew Wiggins has put together for this season and and really, you know, how it's been so important to what the Warriors are doing. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins in 45 games averaging 18 points on 48% from the field, shooting 41% from three with four rebounds, two assists, a steal, half a block. You know, the only thing you could really get down on him for are the free throws shooting 66% on three and a half attempts per game. But, you know, 31 and a half minutes, 14 field goal attempts per game, hitting 48% of them and scoring 18 points. I mean, those are elite numbers on top of guarding the opposing team's best guarder wing player. Night in, night out, he shows up prepared, ready to go. And congratulations, Andrew Wiggins. So really happy to see him get this accolade he deserves it and it just shows what a big part he is for this Warriors team and franchise and I really hope that you know we can bring home his first ring of this season and really kind of put cement his name in NBA basketball achievements and great players because he is starting to deserve that respect from around the league so just want to close with a little bit of injury update news. We got some updates from Anthony Slater on James Wiseman and Draymond Green. Steve Kerr said that James Wiseman has been, quote, ramping up individual workouts this week during what's been a stop-and-go rehab process. Nothing planned yet, quote, going forward in terms of contact work, but he said he responded well to the individual training this week. So this is kind of a non-update, but basically Wiseman is ramping up his individual workouts and there's nothing planned yet, but assuming he responds well to his individual workouts, we'd like to see him progress to contact work. I mean, oh my God, James Wiseman, poor guy. Um, I guess the only really silver lining here is that we all know Wiseman is so raw and so by continuing to give him time to work on his game and get these workouts in and be around the team and watch film. It just helps him mature and grow so that hopefully one day when he actually is able to play in an NBA game, he's not going to look so raw. Um, so that's good. The second thing uh, that we wanted to talk about was Draymond Green. Draymond uh, mentioned in... Well, before we talk about that, we got to touch on Draymond Green's media deal. So so Draymond Green signed a three-year 
exclusive media deal with Turner Sports, which includes Green making appearances on Inside the NBA, among other content initiatives through Turner Sports and Bleacher Report, while he will still obviously be competing as an active player for the Golden State Warriors. Um, Turner Sports said he will appear both remotely and in person when it works within his schedule. This is not surprising for Draymond Green, who has been already seen appearing on TNT, giving his sports analysis during the playoff recent playoff runs where the Warriors have um, not made it to the postseason. And, you know, while I don't know if any other player's done this before, it doesn't surprise me that Draymond's doing it now. You know that he is the type of guy to just get his hands in everything and be a part of anything that he feels, you know, really passionate about. You know, Draymond Green also has this podcast that came out this year. So great news for Draymond Green. Good for him. Congratulations. And he has a long and bright future in television. So uh, Draymond Green gave an update last night on his injury, which started as the calf injury that then was determined was caused by a lower disc injury and so Draymond is set to meet with a specialist next week but started to get shots up and was feeling like a return of strength was coming so this is also a little bit of a non-update but you know he is making progress in his rehab he is getting strength back which is an important first step And sometime next week after meeting with a specialist, hopefully the Warriors will shed some light on what his timeline looked like. But in the meantime, the Warriors seem to be rounding into form with getting Clay back and bringing all the pieces together. So you've got to like to be able to continue to develop Kaminga, get minutes for Bielitsa, Looney, and others who are really benefiting, Otto Porter, who are really benefiting with that, you know, 30 plus hole at the front court. So yeah, that's all we got for today. Kind of a short pod. Uh, Quickly before we sign off, I want to remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, the Sports Ethos presentation. Once again, I'm your host, Sam Orlick. You can please follow me on Twitter at SD Orlick. And please subscribe, rate, and review the show if you enjoy what you are listening to. All right, guys, we'll catch you for the next one. And let's go, Dubs. Dubs.